Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When it comes to reviewing your finances, a good place to start is by reviewing your mortgage. It's something few people ever do. But if you never review your mortgage, you'll never know if there might be a better option. That's where the Ulster Bank Mortgage Team could help. Wherever you bank, be sure to talk to us and see if switching could make a difference. Just search Ulster Bank Switch. Ulster Bank. Help for what matters. Over 18s only. Ulster Bank Ireland DAC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. smell something put that cookie down hello and welcome to the mighty motion picture rangers i'm shane i'm josh i'm chance star we're filmmakers we're fans and we're festivaling for real this time oh, oh yeah that's better there we go. i figured that out we accidentally doubled up on the day uh, we're talking about film festivals as that general and in order to do that because i'm horribly incompetent at them we've got a we very are. special guest uh, oh, oh my uh, god! My, I just blanked <laughs> on the name. I'm really terrible. Sorry, Doctor Tess Van Hammett. Doctor Tess Van Hammett. Did I pronounce that right? I've you never did. pronounced your Very last good. name before. Very good. Excellent. Uh, Doctor Tess Van Hammett. Totally literally a. You have a PhD in film festivals. Is that I do. Correct? That's right. Which is amazing. Are you, how is that like a common PhD? I guess uh, we can talk about. That. Well, yeah. Actually, there's quite a few people around the world oh, who really? study film festivals. Yeah. Oh, that's really wow. cool. That's really cool. Well, we'll get into that a little bit later. But as always, we start by asking, "What have you been?" watching and Chancellor, what have you been watching did you want to start with me because you know what i've been watching yes i watched geostorm <laughs> i'm not ashamed of it no. although i know i should be uh so has anyone here watched geostorm no no, no. and i do not plan on ever don't watching it yeah you know what you you, you, you don't have to because it, it's 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 like it's like a stupider version of uh <laughs> the day after the tomorrow. day after tomorrow but a lot stupider there's so, so do you guys know what the a day Geo- after tomorrow is already a really stupid movie it is uh, this is kind of like a prequel because i think what happened prequel. in a day after tomorrow would be a geostorm so do you guys know what a geostorm is a storm mm. around the world like a ah, simultaneous the day after storm. Is an ice age show yeah it's true. Ice age, so. uh, but why what creates a geostorm because when i watched the trailers i swore that the plot device has created a geostorm. <laughs> yeah. So they've got this machine that control the weather so they can make good weather. And then someone's hijacked the thing. Isn't it and- that they're fixing global warming? Like that's yeah, the so plot they fix- they're fixing global warming. Um, and I thought that someone hijacked the machine so the machine would create a geostorm. But apparently, no, a geostorm is a natural occurring event on Earth if a bunch of very specific storms happen or, or like, uh, what do they call them? Uh, extreme weather events happen over the world. So like it's them trying to figure out what's going to trigger the geostorm. So like two, two, like two places have extreme weather and they're like, Ooh, that seems dodgy. It must be those. And they're like looking up and like, Oh, there's like 75 different ways a geostorm can happen. If those two things happen. (laughs) And then when the third one happens, there's like, there's only other one other way a geostorm can happen. So if a weather event happens here, and then in like a week here and then in a week over there and then in a week 
here and then like in a day, the same day, like in an hour here, then a geostorm will happen. Apparently, that's how geostorms work. That's weather, guys. It makes sense. sense. Also, the person who's a bad guy, which is obviously Ed, 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 uh, what's his name? Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to have a turncoat, don't cast Ed Harris because you know what I see when I see Ed Harris? I'm like, oh, there's a bad guy. I mean, he's literally like the black hat wearing villain in Westworld. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Ed Harris, who's like, I'm a nice guy who's not a bad guy, turns out to be the bad guy. He is, uh, oh, I want to say he's one of the higher ups in the American government. And his geostorm is going to kill... Secretary of Defense. Uh, yeah. Always the Secretary, <laughs> I'm gonna say the Secretary of Defense. Of Defense. He's going to kill the president and the line of succession so he becomes the president? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, guys. You have to... It has to be seen to be believed. But honestly, yeah, no, don't watch it. It's... Oh. God. I loved it. My wife hates me now. So, you know, I sleep <laughs> on the couch because of this movie. Well uh, worth it. Good. Josh, what have you been watching? <laughs> well, I make better choices than you do. So I saw yeah, Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, well, oh I me saw too. It too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everyone watches a good movie today. Yeah. You, you people sicken me. Go, go to your hole. <laughs> yeah, okay. I will. I will. Yeah. No, what an amazing movie, right? <laughs> it's really yeah. good. Did you oh. like it? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. It was it was very I think entertaining. My girlfriend, my girlfriend's friend and I were like ugly crying through the movie as well. We we're just like saying <laughs> really? like Yeah, it was it was good. It was I don't emotional. know if I ugly cry although I did tear up at one part, I think. I think the wedding like overwhelmed me almost. I was, I was like, like, really? like I'm watching the like, wedding that happens, I'm yeah. like, shit, that's a really good wedding. Like it's just a beautiful like it's very She's opulent. walking in water with yeah, flower what petals. Was that, like, they released the, <laughs> I'm watching it, I'm like, it, I feel like I should hate this more because it's so extra. But it's kind of the, beautiful. The, <laughs> extra, the extraness of it works in its favor. It's like very I just elegantly love, extra. Yeah, it's <laughs> elegantly extra. So I think I encourage anyone to see this movie, if, especially if you like rom-coms, because it's like yeah, really it's well executed. A, well. Like it's great for like the diversity and all that kind of stuff, but also it's just a great rom-com. It like is. It, I was just functionally in the great beats of style, a rom-com. great editing, great. And it doesn't. It doesn't feel like uh, like it doesn't unnaturally ham fist like the argument between the couple or anything like that, which usually bogs down no. something like Trainwreck, for example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, as it re- and Constance Wu. I mean, the Const- whole cast. Constance Wu, Aquafina, like Aquafina, her friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> great movie. And Henry Golding. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, where were we? Uh, yeah. I don't say what you were talking about. What else were we watching? Um, and what else were we watching? I watched The Breakfast Club because it's on Netflix right now. Oh, Ooh. nice. Yeah. So You'd seen it before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was, another one. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say. You're going to attack me? No, it's all good. So, yeah. John, John Hughes, we all know it. It's a bit... Uh, there's some troubling aspects of it. I don't... Some like, of the Molly Ringwald stuff is not... Yeah. Yeah. Molly Ringwald no. don't... Yeah. Still doesn't... Yeah, no, but I still like the dynamics and that scene when they're all sitting down and they're all talking about why they're there, that still hits you pretty hard. So, mm. I really enjoyed the movie. Everyone's seen The Breakfast Club. What have you been watching, Shane? Oh, no, we'll go, we'll go oh, test. Okay. Okay. What, what have you watched this week? With Shane. Uh, well, uh, Josh kind of stole my thunder because I watched <sighs> Crazy Rich Asians last night and, yeah, so it was okay. great. Um, Did you ugly cry like me? No, maybe I'm more of a cynic than you guys. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, no, it was good. It was good. Um, the water down the aisle in the wedding, I was like, okay, this is right. Um, no, it was great. It was great. Uh, so I've seen that. And another film I saw recently at the cinema was Terra Nullius, which is. Oh, oh I know of this one. Yeah. yeah. If you, it's going to be playing at Biff. They've just announced the program. Yes. It awesome. is, it's really interesting. So it's essentially, um, the filmmakers are called Soda Jerk. It's two women. Um, and they have cut together scenes from different Australian films and some international. Um, and it's kind of like this pop culture, political mashup of stuff. Um, but it's very sort of. Is it more experimental? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Um, but 
you know, oh, I don't, I don't want to give it away, but there's um, <laughs> there's Pauline Hanson things in it. I know there that is. much because they put Hansen, that yep. front and center all over oh, the place. Um, and also, like, uh, so Crocodile Dundee makes an appearance. Priscilla Babe is in there, um, but oh, they wow. like cut it all together in a way that's like supposed to be really provocative. Oh, that's cool. Audience. Yeah, I, 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 I have seen that. I saw it. Did you see it at Queensland Film Festival? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I wanted to go to the. They were screening Let the Corpses Tan, and I just missed it because it was like a Sunday night, and I had strep throat. Was that the one you invited me to? Yes, probably. It was like me and Tim. Probably, yes. yeah, because that's who <laughs> you would watch that movie with. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, that's cool. Well, uh, I've watched well, Crazy Rich Agents, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, shame. What have you been watching? <laughs> You're terrible at this chance. So you did one week where you did it right. Um, I watched for the first time, okay. which is this is a bit shocking for me. I watched My Fair Lady from 1964, really? which I'd never mm-hmm. seen before now. That movie's long, like unnecessarily. There's a whole number about how the guy, like, like the dad kind of doesn't want to get married, but he'll do it anyway. Like, and it's a whole number around that it, the movie's like 167 minutes long it's like Jesus. two hours and 40 minutes yeah. and i feel like it could be very short much shorter and still be good there's some like i love uh, do a it, fan cut do it i love do my it fair be, lady would, fan cut wouldn't it be lovely it. is a really great number like the front half has better numbers but also she transforms into a lady awfully quick she's just sitting doing vowels and then she gets one right and all of a sudden she's speaking posh but when she's <laughs> when she's not posh it's the most great she's going like the whole movie it was really great i wanted to, like it's good and i understand it contextually but i don't know that i i'll go back and rewatch that one very regularly <laughs> but i'll steal a couple of things from some of the numbers george kukor the, the opening bit where they like dolly back and everyone freeze frames as the the square fills with people is really quite gorgeous but um i can take a look and on the main guy speak sings every single one of his numbers which was odd to me because I'm like, you can clearly sing. It's Rex Harrison. He's on a broad. He's a Broadway actor. <laughs> no, he can't oh. sing. Okay, well there you go. He's literally wearing a shirt that says "Musicals taught me everything." <laughs> I think we can trust Zane's opinion. Okay, well, um, I watched uh, the Miseducation of Cameron Post. Yes, which is good. It's. I was watching it. And I was like, the story's really good. The performance is really good. And I was worried it's very Sundance indie, where just it's all like handheld and they're pointing the camera at the plot, and that's like quote unquote gritty or something like that. But as I'm watching it, I'm realizing there's a lot of really elegant formal choices, but they are really subtle. So it plays, it's not, I feel like it, it's probably going to be a better movie than that Boy Erase that's coming out also about gay conversion therapy. But Cameron Post doesn't have the big Oscar scene where everyone yells, yeah. you know? And so I feel like it's going to get a lot less attention. Quite a movie. For yeah. that, yeah. It's a very mm. quiet, very elegant movie. But um, I thought it was really good in Chloe Moretz. That's probably her best work to date. It's really, oh, really good. Um, I watched The Philadelphia Story because of my uh, screwball comedy yep. thing. Yeah. The Philadelphia Story from 1940 with Catherine Hepburn, James Stewart, and Cary Grant. And this movie is amazing. Mm. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. No. Oh. It's like one of those classic ones everyone kind of talks about. And this was like Catherine Hepburn was like labeled as like box office poison and no one wanted to hire her. And so she got the rights to this play and did it herself. And like it was a huge hit. It reignited her career. And the movie is brilliant. I I think if I were to look at it objectively, I think it's a better movie than His Girl Friday, but His Girl Friday is more my favorite one, but right. they're, yeah. they're on par with each other as just being like excellent examples of a screwball comedy. Uh, really good. Catherine Hepburn is just uh, Catherine Hepburn. You know, uh, it's, it's sure. amazing. It's, it's And it's very, very, it's George Kakor again, same director as um My Fair Lady, but this is like 24 years before. And he, he does a lot of these really elegant uh stealth long takes that you don't realize are long takes because you're just involved in the story like oh shit they haven't cut like at all and this is like four or four and a half minutes mm-hmm. 
really gorgeous movie. Really, really gorgeous movie. And then I finished up my screwball thing by watching a movie called What's Up Doc with Barbara oh, yeah, Streisand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Josh has yeah. seen my tweet storm about mm-hmm. this. <laughs> this is one of my new favorite movies of all time. It is so fucking good. <laughs> you have no idea. And I'm watching it. And this is what I was going to tell you the other day. Like if you and me fused into one person and then we made a movie. Just so people know they're talking about me and Shane. Yeah, yeah so you point oh, sorry, at me, yeah, no yeah. one has no idea. Chance and I fused into one person and then made our dream movie. This is it. Ooh, this okay. is like my comedy and your comedy fused so perfectly. It's like mad cat madness with great gags. It's basically he turns the the anarchy of a Looney Tunes cartoon into live action. And he wow. did this in 1972. I'm watching, I'm like, I'm watching the whole movie and I'm like, how the fuck did they pull this movie off? Because it has like the Blues Brothers car chase before the Blues Brothers ever happened. Oh, okay. Like mm. it is one of the best car chases ever put to film. It's <laughs> so good. And Barbara Streisand is brilliant in it. And Ryan O'Neill is brilliant in it. It's just like a madcap bunch of different characters all crisscross and clash into each other at like a hotel. And it just goes insane. It's so, so good. I have to give you a copy of it. Please do. It's Please. literally like one of my new all time favorites. So <clears throat> anyway, I, I always feel like every week, Josh and I do not watch enough movies. No, well, I just don't have a social life or a significant other, so. Ah, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, film festival. So, uh, we w- tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, sure. Well, uh, so I teach film. Um, I taught at JMC Academy with uh, Josh and John stuff for, mm. what, five years? Uh, now I'm teaching at QUT in their media and entertainment uh, program. Ooh. So, but yeah. Jane, teaching us was better, yeah. right? You're, you're, you're at the university for the real world now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a thing. Uh, yes, of course, you guys are amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been teaching, and I but I started with film festivals, like I guess when I was a film student, um, volunteering at the Brisbane International Film Festival, and then that's I awesome. went through. And did my PhD uh, in film festivals, researching how they supported emerging filmmakers and particularly women. Um, and, and you found that they didn't? Yeah, pretty much. That's <laughs> exactly right. Has much changed. Uh, well, yeah, now we have Me Too and Time's Up and all of those kinds of movements. So, yeah, it's a lot different now mm. uh, from when I was studying. But, um, yeah, so I research it. Um, and so as part of that, I went to a lot of different film festivals and talked to directors and programmers and stuff. Mm. Um, and also I have been a judge for Biff, um, a couple of years ago and for the Adam awards and for JMC's Martini awards and that sort of thing. And Adam is the Australian teachers of media. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 Oh, very cool. Very cool. And you, and you have a doctorate, your PhD. Is it, what is it, is it, does it have an official title? It's a doctor of philosophy is the title. Oh, and and mainly in film festival. That's not MD. No, so no, I shouldn't be asking you about that weird spot on my. No, no, okay. you know, there's always that awkward moment when you're on a plane because they know that you're a doctor, <laughs> <Is there> a <laughs> doctor? <laughs> yeah. and you have to be like, no, sorry, I'm not that kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the person's having he's having a heart attack. I can like, tell you I how to get tr- to a film festival <laughs> exactly, but that's about where I it can is. try. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what's the importance mm. of film festivals in in the landscape of filmmaking? Well, I guess that's the first question. Yeah, that's a big question. I guess. Um, a good way of thinking about it would be what would the film world look like if we didn't have festivals? Um, so obviously we have massive film festivals like Cannes and Berlin and Toronto and that kind of thing. Um, and they are sort of, they're not just about showing a film to an audience. They're about sort of the business side of festivals as well. So they help. Yes. Circulate markets. Yeah. Film markets. Yep. Yep. So, um, they are very important, I guess, for 
um, as part of that business world, circulating films around the world and not just films but also the professionals who work at those festivals. Um, but And obviously they're for, for celebrating great cinema and um, putting that sort of film in, uh, in front of an audience, I guess, and particularly the types of films that you uh, wouldn't go and see at event cinemas on a Friday night, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's, they're, they're very good for the visibility of stuff, especially independent film. I reckon like would the independent film world even exist if film festivals, if we didn't have <laughs> yeah. film festival, <laughs> just probably not. Um, I mean, you know, now we have all of these new players like Netflix, um, in the mix as well. And so they are also good for supporting independent film, but, um, yeah, for a long time, it has been the festival circuit. That's been super yeah, important totally. for that. So I guess the first question that, uh, because we have like, I'm assuming, I'm assuming we have a lot of filmmakers that listen to it. We have 300 and something <laughs> people that listen to it and we know about like a dozen of them are at least filmmakers. So, so the that's, first, that's not a high percentage. That's like 2%. No. A dozen out of a 300. Probably not. But I'm assuming it's like same, same people. People are so interested. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so I finished my film, yeah. Now What? I guess is the first thing that everyone kind of asks, aka why do you, because uh, part of your thing is about like a, Film festival strategy is yeah. sort of the, the the key words there. So why why does someone need a film festival strategy, so to speak? Well, I guess because there are just so many festivals to choose from, right? <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. So go to I, Film Freeway and just get like stuck on. Oh no, which one do I get? Yeah, yeah. And like nobody actually really knows how many festivals there are in the world. Um, I'm doing a research project at the moment, and we've just mapped how many there are in Queensland, and we've found about 90 film festivals just in Queensland. Wow. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. So that gives mm. you some idea of why you need to be a bit strategic. Um, <laughs> a bit selective, yeah. <laughs> or rich. Strategic or rich, well, either way. Yeah, you know. I know. But even if you've got a heap of money for festival submissions, you still need to sit down and have the time to, like, submit to everything. Hey? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, it's not just an auto button. Send to all. <laughs> that would be good. Like, when you get those work emails where they hit reply all and you're like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so you need a strategy. Um, I guess what I always say when I'm talking to people about how to do this is to think about, um, what do you want out of your festival experience and what do you want for your film? Um, because you can, obviously, um, it's about getting your film in front of an audience, but there are many other advantages um, for a festival as well. So it Especially can, if like, you're an independent film who hasn't sold or you're not like studio commissioned or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, if you're able to get into one of the more sort of business-minded um, uh, festivals, it can be about finding a sales agent or a distributor. Mm. Um, about pitching your new film. So I know a lot of filmmakers will go to a festival and then they'll have business meetings while they're there and get funding to start on their next film. Yeah. 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 Um, networking as well. Networking is always a big Network. one. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's like a keyword that you put on the whiteboard every time. Yeah. Networking. Yeah. <laughs> so and building like, your own brand. Yeah. 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 I mean, most people like kind of recoil at the idea of networking, but really it just means like going and meeting other filmmakers and uh, hopefully you it's meet people. It's really about having drinks with other people. <laughs> there's, yes. people yeah. there's people who recoil and then there's the people who are far too enthusiastic about networking and both are bad. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> there's a person who like comes, who rocks up with their pitch and their script and it's like, no, no, no. Their folders. That's for they... a different day. You just Here's meet. my leaflets. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or the people who show up. I don't know if you saw the big thing about there was like a Q and A with um Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy about because they were talking about Westworld and like a guy came up and like tried to pitch his movie in the Q and A to oh, Jonathan no. Nolan and you just like it's you just like clench up everywhere when you see this video because it's so yeah. bad. I actually um a couple of months ago went to a panel um. Uh, 
by ACTA, the, oh gosh, it's uh, a very long ac- the acronym. A-A-C-T-A? Um, yes, wait, that's the one. There's a double A somewhere. It's either yeah, at the end of the it's, start. It's a double A-C-T-A. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. And so they had like this whole panel, including people like Noni Hazelhurst from Oof. like Play School. Play School. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The three-year-old yeah. me was better having like, a fangirl <laughs> moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were doing this discussion about like the future of the free, uh, Queensland film industry. And at the very end, someone put up their hand and was like, I've been sending in my script. I really want to... Oh, it was awful. There was like 200 oh. people there and everyone was just like, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, okay, so strategy, I guess, yes, you need to figure out what you want from your festival experience. But I would suggest too that now, given that there are so many options out there, that you think about your strategy, like festivals are one kind of prong of that and then online distribution and that sort of thing are part of it as well. Yeah. Um, cause it's like a whole world. Cause I think a lot of people think the challenge is making the film, but you make the film and then it's the easy part. And, yeah. and I yeah. was, I was literally in that spot because I, I'd, I'd worked to make, like I was making like another feature and then it, it fell apart like a week before production and I'd lost like thousands of dollars and half a decade's worth of work. It was very <laughs> messy. And so I was like, like determined to make a film and I eventually, and I made the feature and I got it finished. And then it was like, I was just not prepared for that not being the biggest hump <laughs> to cross. Yeah. yeah. That was like two weeks of shooting. Nah, it's piss easy, man. Yeah. 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 It was so, you know, the real work begins after you finish the yeah. film. Which is, it's hard to think about it like that though, isn't it? I mean, you're exhausted yeah. by the time the film is actually, yeah. Yeah, 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 then, yeah. especially on like the no budget side where you're doing like, you're wearing multiple hats, you're mm-hmm. cutting the film, you're doing your own visual effects, all that kind of kind yeah. of business. Even though you had a visual effects artist right here <laughs> all along. I did, I'm sorry. It's all right, I was doing TAFE, you thought I was busy, we've spoken about this, I'm not <laughs> We've reconciled. Yeah. Uh, so what are the, like, I guess what are the biggest mistakes filmmakers kind of make when they're approaching the whole film festival thing? Um, well, I guess there's lots of things to keep in mind. Uh, first one is don't take it personally because everyone, everyone gets rejected by film festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, what you have to remember is that film festivals are, they're there for filmmakers and they love supporting filmmakers, but they also have to operate as a business for their own survival yeah. um, because it's ruthless, the festival circuit, and trying to like kind of keep themselves financially afloat. Um, mistakes that filmmakers will make, just from my own experience judging films, um, oh, gosh, there's lots. Uh, name being, names. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 just Unless like in me, general. Don't name them. Um, short films that are not short would be a big yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, so like when you're in film school and your your teachers say to you, it needs to be eight to twelve minutes. Like, there's a really or strong reason. Really. Yeah, I have to ask yeah. though because I I thought that, and because I'm always a fan of like I have never made a f- short film that ran over ten minutes, and I because I would just I I that has to be like dead short or it has to be like feature length. I'm kind of not in between. But all the films that end up like winning the Oscar for best short film because you'd hear about them and you'd never see them. But I actually like a couple of years ago started trying to go out of my way to see them. And they're like 25 minutes long. And you're like, how, what? <laughs> yeah. Look, I, the way I think of it is, you know how you hear of people winning the lotto? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would like. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's actually a really practical reason for it, right? So like when programmers sit down yeah. to work out a festival, they have like a programming grid and they have a certain number of time slots and spaces for films. Mm. Yeah. And so if you look at a, a program with the short films, they often put sort of four or five of them together but they'll only have a certain amount of time for that. So if your film is, say, 15 to 20 minutes long, you're potentially taking up the spot for two films in a yeah. program. Yeah. And, and yeah. I guess from a programming perspective as well, especially if it's like a local film festival or something, if you program 
four films, that's four people's worth of crews and cast and things <laughs> that are going to get tickets to come and see the film. Yeah. Ergo, like, keeping yeah. with it. The if family. even that, yeah. if your cast and crew comes. If Am I right, Jane? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah. So, yeah, the, yeah, length would definitely be one. Um, Just, like, the quality of film as well. So, um. You know, I'm sure you guys have talked about this before, but if the sound is crap, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Sound, we had um, Scott. Scott. Scott was on. He was programming Simply Shorts film for uh, film festival, and he was like, the first note out of his mouth was sound. Yeah, <laughs> sound, sound, sound. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. And then also just like not being uh, overly self indulgent in your film. Like you can really <laughs> tell when you're watching a film where, um, like. And and this, I guess, corresponds to the length of the film when you're like, okay, guys, get to the point. Like we just, yeah. you know. So opening your film on a 22-minute long tracking shot is perhaps <laughs> a little self-indulgent. As, well, yes. <laughs> as I did. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch of things. But also just like not being professional really um, mm. has an impact. So like if you're a programmer, like I can give you an example of when I was programming Ooh, yes. like on the yeah. panel for Biff. So um, in a festival, they have what are called solicited films and unsolicited films. And the solicited ones are the films that the programmers go out and kind of get, gather together from other festivals in the world. And then the unsolicited are all of the submissions that come in from film students. And so Biff used to get um, around 700 films submitted in their unsolicited batch. And then of that, you would have, I don't know, maybe half a dozen features and maybe a dozen short films that got selected out of that. And so it would go through this whole process with the judging panel. We would get um, films in like batches of 10 or so and then watch them. Um, and we would get like the blurb of the film and some of them would be like short and really well written and then others would be like pages long and you just don't even. Oh, my God. You'd be like, no, I don't have pages? time for that. Really? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for a blurb? Mm-hmm. What, what size font are you going to put on your DVD cover? Just I like I don't I don't one. know. But yeah, one. so <laughs> things like that, you know, how you communicate with the festival, the way you like present all of the documentation around your film, that sort of stuff counts as well. Yeah, Shane, oh. how long was your blurb? I was really short. Mine, it's literally the synopsis that I, I tried to oh, keep that's... it consistent across the submission page, across my IMDb, across any information. I tried to keep the same synopsis there I wasn't gonna like shift it unless it was like I needed to make it sound a little less <laughs> violent because the film first because my film was like kind of violent and like like it would be it's kind of uh yeah I mean it's violent and there's cursing and all that kind of stuff and so I kind of didn't you know I'm looking for festivals and there's like the the hopeful film festival we want inspiring <laughs> stories I'm like yeah no I'm not going to submit to that one because that's <laughs> just going to be a that'd be a fun screening for them um but I tried to keep that consistent I never had a really long synopsis unless they asked for a really like without a box I know requests like your 150 word synopsis your 200 word and your 400 word one 150 wow. to two, that's 50 words oh, different yeah, what like, how big can you be I don't yeah. know why I don't know why and then they wanted your title in French for some without a box did uh, without a box, yeah. yeah. I find without a box the clunkiest interface ever. Well, you know, and a lot of festivals don't like without a box either. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know like what why that is? Oh no, no. Um, it's no. so because when without a box was, uh, you know, kind of cornered the market essentially. So you as a filmmaker would pay your submission fee to without a box. Without a box would then skim off their part and then send the rest to the festival. But all of a sudden, festivals were getting much less income from the from the submissions. Uh, so then they had to raise their prices, which is bad for filmmakers. And mm-hmm. so, Film Freeway is much better. Okay, because yeah. that. that's yeah. what I think is the standard these days. Yeah, Most and it's, it, it's also like a much better system. I th- I think, at least from my perspective, from being a submitter, for like you can put the digital copy up, and it's a very easy. Mm. system and interface and all that kind of thing. Um, but as far as like 
I guess, mistakes kind of go. Um, for example, something like like if like a film within like Nicole Kidman is not in the film, like no famous people. Yeah. What kind of because I guess that's probably going to a lot of indie filmmakers mm. don't have access to that kind of thing. What are there things that they can do to sort of because I get that like without without celebrities, it's a lot harder to sell tickets to a film. So is there anything people can do if you're doing like a film that doesn't have any name people in it? Does that? Do you mean um, like a short film or a feature or either? Either or, but okay. I, I feel like feature more because uh, short films don't. Yep. Um, well, I think people are really, like programmers particularly, um, they see so many films every year that you need to grab them early. So there's kind of um, something that I noticed when I was um, doing all of this research and I went to the Toronto Film Festival and I was sitting in on these industry screenings. There's something called like the 20-minute rule. And so you'll be sitting in these screenings, right, and about 20 minutes into the, the film, half the audience gets up and leaves and they go to watch the next film. And this yeah. is all of these programmers, right? So oh. a really key thing to do is make sure that you grab your audience um, in the first 20 minutes of the film. So, you know, they have to be invested in the story and the character really early on um, for your film to stand out, I guess, amongst all of the others. So a 20-minute tracking shot. Where do we sit does on that? that? Does that, does that, does that, does that <laughs> make the character more investing? Um, are there also things to take into consideration? Because one of the, I guess what my thinking, I was, and I was doing a lot of guesswork when I was kind of doing this because I didn't, I was trying to Google, but because my film was such a, it's like a dark comedy, so it doesn't sit in like a clear genre. I feel like something like horror has a very clear, and it has a very clear festival circuit as well because an audience, an, an audience, because mm-hmm. horror has a very dedicated audience, but something like, um, like my movie has a lot of dialogue said really fast. And I was like, well, I feel like an international film festival where there's like the sense of like, so for example, Japanese film festival, A, our sense of humor is vastly different. B, fast dialogue and a lot of it. I feel like it's probably not going to have as much of a chance as opposed to say a, a British one where the Australian accent is is quirky to them or something like that. Is that kind of yeah. things people should be thinking about? Absolutely. So I think the other thing is um, when you're thinking about which festivals to submit to, it's not just about your film, but also you as a filmmaker, because you're kind of as much of a brand as the film is. So, um, you know, thinking about, um, yeah, cultural differences is really strategic. So which audiences internationally would your film appeal to or not appeal to is something important to think about. Um, also things like are you, you know, if you're a student filmmaker, obviously you've got um, all of the student festivals um, available to you. Um, if you're an Australian filmmaker, I would definitely be targeting the Australian um, festival circuit um, as part of your strategy because they're looking to support local um, talent or they should be. Um, <laughs> should be. Being the operative word. Yes, yes. Um, yes. And then also just things like, you know, um, what nationality are you, um, your gender. So obviously, you know, at the moment um, there's a lot of opportunities for. Um, it's female film festival uh, centric. Yeah. There's one in Tasmania that uh, I can't remember because I saw it and I was like, oh, I can enter. And they're like, oh, no, wait, I can't. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it can be um, sort of related to your identity as a filmmaker or the protagonist in your film as well. Yeah. 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 Um, L plate specifically won a female centric uh, festival, and I was like, "Ha Excellent! Thank God I write female characters." Ooh. <laughs> uh, and I'm looking at the next one because I'm doing like a short. I'm doing it for Trotfest, but then on the chance it doesn't get in Trotfest, it's it's quite queer centric, and so there's a very clear queer film festival circuit for that as well. So fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, what are some other things that you need to kind of think about in terms of I guess like genre and um, what's the other thing? There was like another point. 
Like genres, does that kind of come into it? Yeah, it does. I mean, I think um, one of the things that I sort of advise people to do is to think about your strategy as like a bit of a triangle, right? So at the top of the triangle, you would have the A-list festivals that you'd submit to, and I would do less of them. Definitely, you know, if you feel like you've got um, a a really strong film, you know, submit it to Berlin or Cannes or or Sundance. Um, But just do a couple of those. And then the next tier down are kind of like the specialised film festivals. So you've got... um, genre festivals, thematic festivals. There's some really weird ones out there. There's like, mm. there's one in the States, which I think is called the Bicycle Film Festival. And as long as you have a bicycle in your film. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that one. I found there was one, there's like eco, like one's about saving the planet. And it's yeah. like, and as long as it's like about an eco message, it, <laughs> it can go in there. There were yeah. three specific film festivals that we randomly found for Pizza Deliverance where I was like, I don't care about any other festival. We need to get into these three, which was, uh, there was a German one in Stuttgart, Germany. Uh, which was just, oh, it was a weird film festival. And I was like, half of our characters are German. Go for it. The other two was, one was a Italian food film festival. <laughs> ah, and I was like, perfect. oh, well. And then another one was a German food film festival. And I'm glad to say we got into all three. I don't oh. care about any other accolades about the film. I got into th- two food film festivals and one German, well, two German film well, that festivals. Was, so when I was doing Red Coat and Hill, I, I kind of, tr- I tried to devise a strategy um, on my own and I was like, like I sent it off to a couple of the big ones, some of the big American ones, uh, but I was kind of like, that's like a hope and a dream and a wish and if you get in, you get in, if not, if not. Um, and then I focused first on Australian film festivals because like trying to get in, like little, little ones or, or big ones, but some of the big ones I couldn't. I'd miss the dates and stuff like that. The yeah. dates are such a huge, the scheduling of it's like, is there like a set season where like a very clear flow? Yeah. I mean, I think really the season's starting at the moment. So the Toronto mm. Film Festival is on right now or has just finished. Just something finished. Just when, finished, yeah. yeah. But for like, if you're submitting it, are those not as an audience going to see film, but like for submitting it, does the season. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of, so um, because the uh, festival circuit is linked to Hollywood award season as well. So you have, Obviously the big ones um, like uh, Toronto and then we have um, Berlin and Cannes and so on. And Telluride but, isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they filter their content then filters kind of down the, the food chain, I guess, to the smaller festivals. Mm-hmm. So um, but, but look, on, on the other hand, um, really it's more important to make sure that your film is, is finished and you're really happy with it. You should never rush a f- to finish a film to submit it to a festival because yeah, yeah. you can always catch it next year. Mm, um, and you just set your finish date as being later. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, the other thing too is like when you're looking at like the submission deadlines for films, um, getting in the early submission category is really good. The general category is fine, but I would never waste your money on submitting in the late call for okay. submissions. No. No. And the reason for that is that if you go back to that idea of the festival slate or program, that's going to be sort of 99% filled by the time oh. um, because the programmers start watching films as soon as they start coming in. And so. Because they're going to have so many to get yeah, through. Yeah. yeah. And they're really tired by the end. You, okay. There's a good chance that they will have seen films similar to yours already um, and that they'll be looking for something really specific by the yeah. time it's, you know, so really So getting close. the early deadlines, that's a good one. I tried yeah. to make that for the most part. Um, and then I was trying to target comedy film festivals uh of which a lot of them want like happy comedies and I'm like I knew you know we have like genital mutilation in this one so it's not quite not quite uh, a typical comedy thing my but- character survives i think it's a happy story um and I was also trying to target festivals that look like their whole shtick was about 
weird, like, like quote-unquote underground film festivals. I went to a few of them, didn't get in, but ones that looked like they weren't as uh, reliant on we need the film with the big A-list name or something that has or has buzz. We're like, we're the edgy, we're, on, we're, we're doing little tiny films. So that was like my strategy, if you can call it that. I was like... And I sent, I sent, I did a fair few in England because I figured because it's Shakespeare centric, they're doing like a Shakespeare play. I was like, England's got a somewhere in England has got to want this. Apparently not. <laughs> uh, can we finish off the thought with the pyramid? Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, yes. yes. So um, you got the A listers and the niche. The, then the more specialized, and then at the bottom you would have sort of your local, um, the smaller film festivals. So that would be things like Biff, the Brisbane Backyard Film Festival, Gold Coast Film Festival, yep. all of you know, yeah. Um, the, the local ones and you could, I would submit to as many of those as you have time for, can afford to, you know, think that it will be useful. And does premiere yeah. date matter in, as much as it seems to when you're looking at like. Yeah, they always say that it matters, but then you watch a film and you're like, wait a minute, you weren't at that. You're not premiering here. <laughs> um, So as in it, that it hasn't screened anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. For the big festivals, that does matter because they still want to have exclusive rights. But like, for instance, if you screened your film at the Brisbane Backyard Film Festival and then got it into Sundance, Sundance wouldn't be worried. About I know that. Sundance, okay. uh, their rules were they don't care if it's played in your home country. If you're an international, I've only looked at the international thing. If it's played mm-hmm. in the home mm-hmm. country but it cannot have played outside or they wrote like it was really weird it was like an oh no that was the Khan said a quote-unquote international section and I was like well if you like the Brisbane International Film Festival does that then disqualify you from Khan it's it's weird I don't think so yeah. I mean yeah you have to kind of look at the fine print for those bigger festivals but they're really mm-hmm. the ones that you need to be concerned about um, and then everything else is kind of pretty much presumed. your mileage may vary does that pyramid take in uh, the like the timing of it all. So like, should you start on one tier first or you just bulk throw them out as they go? Um, look, I would, I would start with the big ones first, okay. um, but I would probably only do, I wouldn't do more than five of the big ones because you know, it's expensive. It's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I would know, start I there <laughs> <laughs> and then branch out. Um, but the other thing I would do too, in terms of like a timeline is, is give yourself six to 12 months from when you finish that film. And then if you haven't had success on the festival circuit, I would put it online um, you know, maybe have a special event screening so that you can invite um, people from lo- the local area, friends and family and, and that kind of thing, and then move on to your next project. So I did kind of do the right thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of did the right thing. Yeah. So I ended up submitting, I think I've told this on the podcast before, but like I, I ended up overall, and I did do that, I submitted to a couple of the big ones, a little bit more than five, like, but no more than 10, I don't think anyway. Um Oh, it depends on, depends on, like, do you classify something as, like, the the um, Melbourne International Festival as a big one? Um, it's probably on the middle. It's, okay. Yeah. So I classified, like, the big Australian ones as big ones in my thing, but I only sent it, like, Sundance and, like, two in America and then, like, the Khan because I was like, why not? Yeah. Uh, and I got in really, really early with those, so the fees were a lot cheaper. <laughs> um, but I, I submitted to, I, I ended up dropping, like, $3,000 worth of, festival entries like so many and i got into one <laughs> yeah um and this, this would be an interesting point to bring up as well it's like is there something because uh you can have some dodgy film festivals yeah not new yeah. <laughs> i found i literally discovered like this is ring of like russian film festivals that like they set them up in like really crappy venues they never show up to the events but then they take like a the money that they get in the submissions is really weird and i i, I found this ring of like co- people commenting saying this, they were like run by Russians. They never showed up. And then I'm finding on another festival, I'm like, oh shit, there's like 
there's like a ring of them around the world. They just set up really dodgy, tiny festivals. Rita Ooh. said she, she she ran into something like that, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that's because I, I was asking, I was going to her for advice and stuff like that. But I only ended up getting into one, and the one I got into didn't. I don't think they treated us particularly well because yeah. like their first email out of the bat was, like they'd sent me an email and they were like, uh, "We love your film. Uh, we're going to program it, um, and we're just going to program it. We'll let you know times." I'm like, "Oh, yay, awesome!" And then cut to like. It was like about a month before the festival and then they released their program and went on it. And I'm like, and so I just sort of just shoot them in my head. Hey, can you just, like, are we in or not? Like, I'm fine. I just need to know so, for other festival sort of stuff. And then they were like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're in it. We can uh, put you on on a Tuesday night at nine o'clock if you can promise us 100 tickets sold. Right. And I was like, um, I don't know. It's my job to sell tickets to your festival okay. so much. Um, and then, uh, I, like, and I just sent them an email. I said, like, I can't, I'm going to try and invite people, of course, but I can't, I don't think I can promise you that. I said, okay. And they end up putting us on a Monday night after another film that had played at the festival. Uh, we won't name names or anything, but, the, uh, and, and then they didn't do any, like, they have like a Facebook feed where they say, this film starring this person is about this, come and see it at this time. And they didn't do that for our film. They did it for every other film. Uh, our, every other film was offered like a student price in the ticket emissions ours wasn't and then um and it, it just got to the point and it was just very i felt we were treated very poorly in in the whole experience so, so what who's it, wrong them or shane <laughs> <laughs> well that's not not it's not great that sounds like i haven't heard of someone having a festival experience like that before so i would say that you were probably just really unlucky in that instance oh, yeah. um and i would just chalk it up to a learning experience i yes. guess <laughs> <laughs> well um and uh, what are some things that, are there anything you know people can look out for to make sure they're not maybe submitting to a dodgy film festival yeah i mean i would um so i think that platforms like film freeway and without a box are really good tools for filmmakers just to research film festivals but then i would always go to the festival's website and probably their facebook page i try and do yeah 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 and just make sure it looks legit i'd also like occasionally look at like because you can get into film festivals when they're sort of starting out there's nothing wrong with that but i'd sort of aim for ones that have been running for at least two years not ones that like it's their first year (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's yeah. done on a, on a wish or something like that. Um, online festivals is that because that was a thing I ran into, but I wasn't I wasn't one hundred percent comfortable with like submitting mine to one of those ones because essentially it screens online, yeah, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems I don't know as much about online film festivals. It seems to be quite like a new brand, lean, brand new. Yeah, yeah. Thing, yeah. I know some of the bigger ones are now having components of their program available online as well to try and oh, reach cool. a bigger audience. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's no reason why I would just do a bit more homework on those and make yeah. sure you know. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, I mean, we've kind of answered a bit, but how, like, social media and new technology is affecting film festivals both for well, – we've discussed it from the submission standpoint, but for, like, film festivals themselves, like programming yeah. and judging and all that. Well, um, it's there's been big shifts. So you've probably heard about the stoush between Netflix and the Cannes Film yeah. Festival. Yeah, 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 we did a whole episode yeah. about it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's – that, and that is having a trickle-down effect. Um, it means that, like, you know, Netflix can go in and buy films from festivals essentially removing content, which means the smaller festivals have less um, to choose from. Um, But I guess for filmmakers who are starting out, social media is super important um, because I know a lot of programmers will Google your film and look for it on Facebook and that kind of thing as part of the decision-making process. So doing things like updating the Facebook page for the film with festival laurels, any kind of news um, about the film is really important and making sure that's all really professional. 
but is, like, it, is it a matter of like are there certain times where they'd be like, oh, that doesn't have as many likes on that? Is that a kind of a thing that factors in or? Um, no, I think they're just um, like, yeah, obviously if you have a really dodgy looking Facebook page, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. probably not, yeah. a, not a great uh, choice. But um, actually something interesting is that it's playing much more into distribution now as well. So like um, distributors will look at things like um, your engagement on your Facebook page, how many people you got to contribute to your crowdfunding because it's evidence of an inbuilt audience already. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so even just playing up some of those statistics when you submit films to things or when you're pitching. When you say playing up, <laughs> do you mean like massaging the Well, the no, 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 statistics? I mean, I mean foregrounding uh, <laughs> your yeah, success okay, in those areas, oh, yeah, yeah, is important. Um, but I don't know, I guess there's lots of experimentation that's happening too. So some of the big festivals are doing things now where they'll have like a Instagram or Snapchat competition mm-hmm. where you submit a film using one I, of those platforms. I know there was the the uh, VR thing that was like produced by Darren Aronofsky at, was it Toronto or was it? I think so, yeah. One of those ones. And it was like, the, oh, no, it was at Venice. And it was the only VR and you, and you could only watch, one person could watch it at a time. <laughs> and it was really weird, but apparently it's amazing. Apparently like, it's, it's really quite incredible because there was like a lot of money kind of funneled into that. VR thing. There's a lot of yeah. people between Venice and here. I don't know if we'll be seeing it anytime soon. No, if only one right. person can watch it at a time. Well, we just had a VR film festival in Brisbane like oh, a really? week or so ago. Oh. Yeah. Um, Lincoln Savage runs it. To that. Uh, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know about the mechanics of that festival, but um, some of my students from Kia helped out at the event. And so they oh, had fantastic. all of these nice. VR headsets set up and people could go in and. Uh, yeah, watch these That's, films. That'd be <laughs> fascinating. Even mm-hmm. though I'm like, I'm like really kind of probably like, a 60 year old man style, like very vehemently anti VR, <laughs> but it would be a fascinating experience and be a whole different way of thinking about programming a festival, let alone, you know, submitting or making content for it. Yeah. Um, so was there anything else we were wanting to talk about at all? Any other additional notes? No, I think that's pretty much oh, everything cool. I've got. Yeah. That's really well. That's a really good place to end. I think I've I've learned like a shitload of <laughs> yeah. stuff now too, and I feel a little validated that I think I I was headed in the right direction. I just maybe mm. I need Nicole Kidman in my film next time. Yeah, <laughs> that was gonna be like I managed to get on the phone with some distributors, and like the first question that I got asked is, "Oh, any any name actors in your film?" And then a second question wasn't asked because the response to the first one was the end of the conversation, <laughs> right. pretty much. Uh-huh. So um, by that feel, like I'm trying to work on the next one and get that one sort of off the ground. I'm going for like a horror because that's a genre that doesn't necessarily require famous people in it. Yeah. Mm. It sells on the genre. And even if it doesn't sell, sell or anything like that, mm. there is a very clear festival route where. Yeah. But, you know, one thing to remember too is that when you are pitching and trying to get funding for your next film, the fact that you've already done a feature film is a huge achievement and people will look at that and go, okay, he's already proven that he can do that and that you can manage it. And so, you know, keep that in mind as well, I guess. Okay. (laughs) Don't completely like go, oh, I've never made anything before. What are you talking about? And burn Red Curtain Hell. (laughs) But I always feel like when they go, what did you make before? I'd be like, oh, I made Red Curtain Hell. And they're like, oh, uh, did it get anywhere? Like, no. (laughs) Are you kidding? It's on Vimeo On Demand. (laughs) That's vimeo.com slash on demand slash red curtain hell. And you can use the code pitch rangers to get 20% off your purchase and rental. That was actually a smooth segue for once. It was a very, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know what, Predator? No. um, (laughs) So I guess we'll do it for our top five. I picked a topic that I thought would be easy and then it's kind of a little odd. Uh, Our top five films set in and around a festival or a big event. Yes. Um, I feel like we're really stretching for these top (laughs) five. Sometimes. So we're trying to relate it to the thing. Try. Um, who wants Try. to go first? Do you want me to go first or, or 
I think Tess should go Tess first Tess because right. she's <laughs> mentioned that they're, they're actually film events. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, well, okay, I went a little bit rogue with this and started to think about films about the film industry as well that could contribute to kind of what we've been talking about. So anyway, yeah. uh, the first one is one I saw recently called Their Finest, which is about Ooh, a woman, yeah. yeah, screenwriter, and it's got some scenes in it where you see her screening her films to an audience for the first time oh. and then reacting to the fact that there are female protagonists in it, which is kind of cool. Oh. Um, it's, a, it's got Bill Nye in it. Oh, yeah. okay. It's oh, basically okay. like so they're making like a, they're trying to make like a propaganda, almost a propaganda film for the Dunkirk war thing. And they're, yes. they're trying to make like something to, to boost morale. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a, it's very British movie. It's very mm-hmm. British. But it was, I was surprised. I quite like that. <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was good. Um, the next two are kind of also films about the film industry, but had scenes with audiences that I think are, are fun. Um, so singing in the rain, obviously oh, the end yeah. of the, the yeah. film where you see them reveal that Lena is not actually voicing mm. her and stuff. Um, Life Aquatic. Uh, if you yeah, ever want to yes, know, yeah, haven't <laughs> seen this one. Actually. Oh well, if you what? ever want to know how not to handle a Q and A at a festival, you need to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the beginning that. of yeah, that film. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> mm. So, and then I also had a television example. So there is a classic Simpsons episode called Any Given Sundance. <gasps> yes, uh, yeah. is that yeah. the one, Senor Spielberg? Um, Lisa that- Lisa makes a film called Capturing the Simpsons, and it goes mm. to Sundance. Um, what? So yeah. It's a relatively new episode, right? I think it's like season 19 maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay, I haven't yeah. seen this one. So okay. check that out. Yeah, yeah. And then my number one was there is a four-part documentary series called what is it? The Film Festival Project and it goes to Cannes, Toronto, Tribeca and Sundance and it follows filmmakers through their experience actually at the festival. Um, That's cool. Yeah. I've got to say, Tessa's top five is way better than ours. Yeah, yeah. She, she says she went rogue. She went more on target than <laughs> any of us. That's true. Uh, do you want to go next, Chance? I guess because mine is terrible. Um, so I took events as you know any any any, any sort event. of event. So uh, my first one is about a birthday. It's taken. It's about. Uh, <laughs> it, it's also about festivals because you know she was going to go. Uh, who, who's the and band? screen in front of a bunch of sex predators. That's <laughs> Correct. Terrible. And then she gets taken. So, you know. Uh, oh, no, wait. Yeah, she was going to. Sorry. Was, sorry uh, I'm I'm trying to mean, her. like, after the kidnap. Yeah, there, there, was a, there was a band she was going to go follow, and that was, like, the plot, and he was all worried. Yeah. But it was yeah. her birthday. He let her, and then she got taken. Uh, my second one is about a race. It is Rat Race. I love you Rat know. Race. Well, I, th- I think we've brought it up a lot recently for some we reason. Have. Yeah, we <laughs> have brought it up several times. But you know what? That's okay because it's a great movie. Uh, third one's also a birthday. It is 16 Candles. Mm-hmm. Which I haven't seen. Oh, you yeah. haven't seen 16 Candles I'm yet. worried it's going to be like Breakfast at Tiffany's where I'm just going to be so horribly offended at the Asian stereotype that it's going to be really difficult to enjoy the rest of the movie. Yeah, probably Fair don't enough. watch 16 Candles then. Uh, Can it be as bad as Mickey Rooney in Yellowface? No, though? it's not as bad as Mickey Rooney in Yellowface, yeah, yeah. to yeah. be fair. So you're okay. Okay. Uh, my number two is only something I've seen in the last you know month, uh, and I'm really disappointed that I didn't see it earlier. It is In and Out. Because the event is mm. a a wedding, but it's also about the Oscars. Because he gets outed. It's also about a by the Oscars, out, which is an event of some kind. Exactly, it's so many events in one. And it's, it's the event a, movie of the decade. Uh, it's, it's also about the uh, graduation. Yeah, because they graduate and they have the greatest I am Spartacus moment ever. So disappointed mm-hmm. I didn't make it. Uh, and my final one, also directed by Frank Oz, and probably like really goddamn predictable for me, Death at a Funeral. Yes. Frank Holt's version, it's a, obviously. It's, such, it's probably yeah. the best funeral set movie ever. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, 
well, what do you call it? Th- three weddings and a funeral. For which I still haven't seen. Oh, you haven't seen I that? I know. That's one oh, of those classic ones that I haven't got I, I think Death at a Funeral is better, but that's probably just because my love for Death at a Funeral. Whatever. Mm, yeah. Josh. Cool. So my one's, again, just there's no honorable mentions, but five is The Invitation. Thanks for mentioning that before. The worst dinner party ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. It's, it's a really, like, out there horror movie. I, I reckon, like, sitting down, like, you're don't read anything about it and just watch it and see how you feel it's about mu- it. Yeah, it's much better experience just kind of on a Yeah, whim. experience raw. Because yeah. the, only, the only thing I heard about beforehand was just some review of being like, oh, this is like a really weird movie. You, you recommend go it see it? It ended up on a lot of like, because there was this website that like, instead of getting critics top tens, it got like filmmakers top to indie filmmakers top ten movies. That makes sense. That and makes they like sense. highlighted a lot of films that little yeah. films that they'd seen at festivals and, and stuff. And the invitation sure. popped up all the time. Yeah. On, and I'm not sure if it's here. still on Netflix, but if it it's is, still it's still on Netflix. Like, yeah, okay, cool. yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure Netflix bought it. Like, so it's a quote unquote Netflix movie, but it's not really a yeah. Netflix okay, movie. Cool. Look, if I had more time to watch something that isn't one of the four <laughs> franchises we've been watching over the next four weeks, yeah. I would watch it. Yeah, of course. Number four is Falling Down because it's his daughter's birthday. And he oh, needs to make it for his daughter's <laughs> birthday. And he's so angry. He's angry at the world. Joel Schumacher movie. Actually, yeah, really I did not know it was Joel Schumacher. Right? When yeah, you said that, so, I yeah. was like, oh. I and mean, when I say when said that, I read you. Yeah, it's like. I read your list. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I showed you. Yeah. But like, it's like the same. The, like, you know, The Lost Boys is like Joel Schumacher. It feels his style, but it's falling down. It's like, what? It's yeah, falling movie? down is really surprising. Those yeah. Joel Schumacher. Uh, number three, similar to yours, Death at a Funeral. Because I love that yeah, movie. The Frank Oz version. I don't like remake. I'm sorry. And I, the, yeah. the remake is terrible. They, yeah. they, they, uh, what, what do you call it when you. Like every joke is like, oh, look, we're doing a joke. Hey, do you get it? It's a joke. Whereas Frank Oz handles his comedy much better. And he's I'm not going to rant about death at a funeral. Yeah. Yes. Uh, number two is Groundhog Day. Yeah. Because it's set yeah. around the festival, Groundhog Day itself. And number one is Ferris Bueller's Day Off because that's there's festivals, there's Chicago festivals, <laughs> there's baseball games. It's a big day for Cameron. It's a life-changing yep. day. Yeah. <laughs> needs to get out of there. Okay. Um, and what about your top five? So my t- I have an honorable mention list. I've got oh, a few. How that do I- you have an honorable mention because list? Because I feel with this like, one? well, a lot of <laughs> no. them are wedding movies, let's be honest. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, but I've got, there's a movie called, called Coherence, which is a little yes, sci fi movie yes. set at like a dinner party at someone's house. And That's it's like a really mm, low budget one, right? Yeah. Super like, low budget. Shot on 5D or something? Shot on 5D. Yeah. So it looks like us, but it's a really <laughs> dead clever story because it's like basically like a comet passes over and then it causes this giant like parallel dimension fracturing of reality. And they pull it off with like no money at all. And it's it's absolutely genius. It's really, really clever. I own it on Blu-ray and it is very worth watching. Uh, Monster-in-Law, which I think is <laughs> yeah. criminally underrated, yeah. both as a rom-com, as a Jennifer, Lawrence, uh, Jennifer Lopez performance and as a Jane Fonda performance. I think it's a really good, yeah. funny movie. It's a funny movie, Australian director. Uh, the Philadelphia Story that I mentioned this week is yep. set around a wedding. Um, uh, Vantage Point which is a political summit. Yep. And it's like where they take it from multiple perspectives. Oh, no, I should have said Geostorm. Geostorm's <laughs> an event. Um, it's Ocean- an extreme weather event. <laughs> uh, Ocean's 13, the opening of the new, it's all set oh, around yeah. the opening of a casino. Yeah. And then, and I can't believe this isn't on your list, Grand Piano. Oh, God <gasps> damn it. <laughs> oh, which is set around myself. a very specific piano no, recital performance. Uh, which is, it's a clever, have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's a, it's the so it's Damien Chazelle's first feature film. He didn't direct it, he, he wrote, wrote it. it. Wrote it. Oh, okay. uh, and, but it, it's very much Damien Chazelle. It stars Damien Elijah Chazelle. Wood right. yes. as a guy who is being threatened to be murdered if he doesn't complete a piano piece. Because Damien Chazelle <laughs> okay. seems to be like, you know what's really stressful? Music. Well, his second film would be an example too. Um, um, the one about the, it's wh- also a musician. Whiplash. Um, oh, Whiplash. So it's, yeah. Whiplash. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All of his movies so, are about music. He was doing a lot of writing. He wrote The Last Exorcism, yep. Uh, part I think he wrote part two. Oh, um, okay. 
And then, but he did his first film was Guy Madeline on a park bench. Then yep. he did Whiplash. Then he did La La Land. Also, want to point out it's a stressful music film. That first one. Which one, Guy Madeline? Guy Madeline. Well, it's, it's music. not really stressful. It's but it's music. It's music. Yes, it is. Um, and so I can't no, wait my number the five jazz solo in the first man. <laughs> uh, my <laughs> on the moon. Yeah, when he goes to the moon, moon. he just plays. There's going to be a music. I swear, there's going to be a music moment just in there somewhere. Well, there has to be. Uh, my number five is a movie called Pride. It's a little British movie about uh, the, mm. the 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 gay and lesbian support the miners in like this miners strike. So it's set around the miners strike slash a gay pride parade, and it's a really gorgeous, beautiful, heartfelt movie. Yeah. And Bill Nye is in it, and Imelda Staunton. Mm. Bill Nye, I feel like he's just in every British movie ever. <laughs> uh, number four is My Best Friend's Wedding, aka the greatest romantic comedy of all time. Yeah, mm. brilliant. I, 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 it's so good. It's so, so good. Uh, number three is Death at a Funeral, as we yeah. mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> number two is one I only saw for the first time this year is Muriel's Wedding. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. It's one of the best Australian films ever made. And then number one is Titanic. Oh. About the maiden voyage <laughs> of the Titanic. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You guys were talking about ugly crying in, in a movie. And I didn't get to see Crazy Rich Asians this week, so I didn't get to ugly cry. But for some reason, I always ugly cry in Titanic. Don't know why. It just, it just. Well, I rewatched it recently. I ugly cried again in that. I also watched it recently when I was sick as well. So I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) it's a good, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. So that's all for this week. Thank you so much for coming on, Tess. Can I point out, we really should have ended with Tess because all of our picks picks were were better. But you were also the one who suggested we start with Tess. Okay, I'm not smart. (laughs) When will you learn this? Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Tess. Absolutely wonderful and very insightful. I've learned a lot. And I hope our listeners have too. Um, You can find us on uh, social media, on on Instagram and Twitter at Picture Rangers. And you can email us if you have any questions. We'll be able to like maybe pass a couple of questions on to tests if, if you have any follow-ups or anything. Oh, actually, oh. can I just throw in, if you are looking for information on festivals, there is a website called Film Festival Secrets and there's heaps of templates and stuff for filmmakers on there. Oh, so it's super nice. useful. What a coincidence. That is the title of this episode. Oh, right. <laughs> there you go. Like, <laughs> I was like, it needs to be like Film Festival Hacks or Film Festival Secrets or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Filmfestivalsecrets.com. Uh, yeah. Should awesome. we add yes. .com to our title? <laughs> <laughs> we'll put in the uh, show notes and stuff. And if you have yeah. any links, we'll put, we'll put them cool. all there yeah. um and you can find me on twitter at shane m underscore anderson find me on twitter that's on that's katie or caps and letterbox at joshua grig always remember twitter sucks and follow me at instagram no. at the chance star uh, do you have any social media you want people to follow uh no you guys can no okay that's you, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like your private life <laughs> yeah uh thank you very much for coming on and thank you all for listening we have been the mighty motion picture rangers and we'll see you again next week bye bye, bye. As Ireland's homegrown insurer, FPD knows it's empowering when someone has your back. So switch your van insurance to us and get up to 75% no-claim discount. Visit fpd.ie to request a quote. FPD Insurance. Support. It's what we do. Terms, conditions and underwriting criteria apply. 75% no-claims discount is based on proof of five years no-claims discount and available to new commercial motor customers only. FPD Insurance Group Limited trading as FPD Insurance is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Commercial motor insurance is underwritten by FPD Insurance PLC. When it comes to reviewing your finances, a good place to start is by reviewing your mortgage. It's something few people ever do, but if you never review your mortgage, you'll never know if there might be a better option. That's where the Ulster Bank Mortgage Team could help. Wherever you bank, be sure to talk to us and see if switching could make a difference. Just search Ulster Bank Switch. 
Ulster Bank. Help for what matters. Over 18s only. Ulster Bank Ireland DAC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.